coaching can help you gain deeper understanding of challenges that may be holding you back. You may not realize that there are others who may be successful and operating successful businesses who share some of the same challenges that you are facing. Welcome to Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. Our program will look into the individuals and their challenges and show how the coaching process may be what they need to find the root causes of these challenges within themselves and learn to work through these challenges in order to find success. Now, here's your host, Ronald Graves. Hello, and welcome to Coaching for Real, brought to you by Poema Leadership Institute, the show that brings you real people, real challenges, and real breakthrough. Again, I'm your host, Ronald Graves, and this show is about you. Coaching for Real is on the Voice America Business Channel to help you discover your masterpiece and live into your greatness. Let me ask you a question. Who do you believe a coach is? What do you believe a coach does? There are as many different answers to those two questions as there are listeners right now. You might know someone who is a coach. You might have your own coach. Or you might know someone who has their own coach. The word coach is used to describe a number of different people. There are sports coaches, life coaches, business coaches, performance coaches, health coaches, and many more. What do they call, why do they call what they do coaching instead of, say, teaching, training, or leading, or consulting, or even mentoring? What do these people all have in common? You see, beginning very early in life, we're taught that everything we need to learn can be found outside of ourselves such as from our parents, our grandparents, or other relatives, our teachers, our friends, our travels, and from places like books, videos, television, and radio. And then later in life, we learn from the classroom, the internet, blogs, podcasts, seminars, workshops, conferences, and so forth. And we learn from people who fill the role of teacher, author, trainer, manager, leader, consultant, mentor, and so on. That's all good because everybody should be learning and growing every day. And there's an unlimited amount of knowledge to be found outside of all of us and all around us. But for the challenges you're currently facing in your life and in your business, there is one source of answers other than God that is far superior to what you can find in the world of knowledge. And that source is you. Let me explain. First, understand that you were created to be great. There is a masterpiece, a poema, within your DNA that is just waiting to be discovered and unleashed. And that is what coaching is all about. Unlike teachers, consultants, managers, mentors, we're all very important. A coach enables you to develop a greater sense of self-awareness so you can see your challenges from an entirely new perspective and then draw upon your internal greatness to reach the next level. Coaches do not bring you the answers because they know that the best answers lie within you. So let me explain our show format. Our guests are real people, business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, just like you, with real challenges, just like yours. After we introduce our guests and spend some time getting to know them and their business, most shows will feature a live coaching session designed to help our guests achieve real breakthrough, just like we all want. Our first guest tonight, we're honored to have two guests with us. Our first guest is Dr. Paul Etlinger, who interestingly enough, actually began his professional career, not in medicine, but in music. 
playing violin with the New World Symphony in Miami, Florida. After two years with the symphony and repetitive strain injuries from playing his instrument, Paul turned his interest to healthcare, earning his Doctor of Chiropractic degree from Logan College in St. Louis, Missouri. After working as associate for several years, Dr. Etlinger opened HealthQuest in Chiropractic and Physical Therapy in the Baltimore area in 1998. Since then, he has received years of extensive continuing education to reinforce his clinical experience with a wide spectrum of patient conditions, including soft tissue injuries, neuromusculoskeletal conditions, and lifestyle-related illnesses. His trademark is treating his patients as people, establishing a professional yet compassionate relationship with everyone. Now, I made sure to include that last sentence a part of his introduction because this will be a key area of discussion during today's show. So welcome, Paul. Thank you for having us. And how are you tonight? I'm doing great. Great. Thank you for being on our show. Uh, it's my pleasure to be with you tonight. All right. Looking forward second, to chatting with you. Thank you. Our second guest is Marcy Hetlinger, who was born and raised in the Midwest, receiving degrees in communications and advertising from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. For six years, Marcy worked as a consultant in both St. Louis, Missouri and Boulder, Colorado, traveling internationally to support her clients' strategic sales and marketing needs. After meeting Paul just weeks before his graduation from chiropractic school, they decided to launch their careers in the Baltimore area. Since then, Paul and Marcy have grown the practice significantly, adding two associate doctors and 10 support staff and landing them in the top 5% of the most successful chiropractic practices in the country. Welcome, Marcy. Hello, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great, doing great. Good. Now, at this point, I would normally say to Marcy, thank you for being on this show. But before I do that, I want to describe how I met Marcy. <laughs> uh, it's a good story. About two months ago, we both attended the Go-Giver Sales Academy, taught by Bob Berg. By the way, Bob will be our guest in two weeks, so make sure to put that on your calendar. Oh, he's Marcy here. Yes. Excellent. Marcy and I spent two and a half days in this workshop, and after hearing her talk so passionately about HealthQuest and their unique business and service model, I knew I had to have her on this show. During the final day, we broke out into pairs for a mock sales exercise, and eventually I was paired with Marcy. I waited for my opportunity and then proceeded to describe this show and told her that she had to be my guest. I really gave her... Yeah, a little opportunity. I gave you no opportunity to say no, virtually none. You, you couldn't turn me down. I was definitely practicing my sales technique during that time together. She agreed to be our guest, and then she asked if Paul could join us. And I said yes, because I, don't, I think this is not only a business success, but I also think it's a love story. So, Marcy, now thank you for being on our show. <laughs> thank you for having me. That's a great introduction. Okay. I practice that. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm going to start with our questions now. And I'm going to, Marcy, I'll start with you if that's all right. Absolutely. All right, would you describe, I just talked about your love story. Could you please describe that love story for us and tell us how you and Paul met and eventually became husband and wife? Sure. We, um, I'm originally from St. Louis, and 
Paul was going to chiropractic school in St. Louis, but I actually wasn't living there at the time. I was living in Boulder, Colorado, and had, um, through various circumstances, moved back into town and uh, was uh, fresh meat on the market for all of my mother's friends to set them up with all the cute boys that they knew. And uh, Paul and I actually were set up on a blind date. Oh. Uh, we, uh, we met as a blind date, and it was one of those things where it was sort of an instantaneous, we just kind of knew. And he was about six weeks away from graduating and moving back to his hometown of Baltimore. And we sort of hit a pretty quick decision point of seeing where this was going to take us. And he would stay in town until he, he had to study for his board exam which wasn't until March, and then he wanted to get his results until May. So he was sort of in limbo for about six months. He graduated in December. So he decided to take a leap of faith and see if this was going to go somewhere. So he decided to stay in St. Louis while studying for the board exam um, instead of moving back home. And that was really all it took. He, We... Uh, cemented the relationship, so to speak, during that time and knew that we were the other person uh, who we wanted to be with, and uh, I ended up moving to Baltimore with him when he got licensed there. Uh, we felt that that was going to be a better location for us um, because the college chiropractic school is in St. Louis. The market's very, very saturated with chiropractors, so we felt from a business opportunity we wanted to be near family. His family was there, and it was a better market for chiropractic for Paul. We made the decision to move to Baltimore, and the rest is history. Exactly. Good story. I like that. So, Paul, I'm going to turn it to you now. Let's mm-hmm. let's fast forward now to the point where now you're in Baltimore, and you right. decided to start your own practice. Can you right. talk to us about making that decision to basically go out on your own? Start your own business. Well, it's, um, I guess when I think back to that time, uh, I, I, I guess in my mind that was sort of always something that I had intended to do. Um, going through school, you know, I think I, I had uh, decided that at some point I was going to open my own practice, but I realized that you know, I didn't have the experience that I needed when I, when I first graduated from school. So it made sense for me to become an associate and learn the ropes, so to speak. Um, but it was very, it was very clear when I started to practice that um, that I was learning mostly what I didn't want to do as opposed to what I did want to do. So um, it, it, uh, it, you know, my mind was always working and trying to learn what I could, and and then. Uh, uh, at some at one point, I became fairly frustrated in the situation that I was in, and began, uh, you know, just putting my plan into place. Uh, you know, started looking around for space in uh, in the area, and just made the leap of faith. Um, you know, actually, I think if I remember it was maybe Marcy was six months pregnant at, at the time, and I called her on the phone and I said I just quit my job. <laughs> which didn't go over very well with her. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I moved forward and decided that uh, it was time. So you just had the feeling that, you know, now's the time and uh, this is your opportunity. Right. It, it was my opportunity. Um, you know, you, of course, you, you don't know what you don't know when you, uh, when you, when you sometimes make those decisions. But, uh, 
yes, it, at that point, I think it was it was time, and I just I made the decision. Okay. So, Marcy, I'm going to I'm going to turn it back to you. Um, so you're pregnant, and Paul just quit his job. <laughs> so, can you can you talk to us a little bit about the decision to make this a husband and wife partnership, and both of you go into the business, and the kind of dynamics that were in play? Sure. Well, we we were partners from the beginning, and okay. there was no. It, it's you know. Husband and wife, I consider him a partner in life, and what's important to him is important to me, and vice versa. Um, what what really worked well in this situation, uh, and I think the situation for most professionals, you learn how to be, you you learn how to do your career, but you don't learn how to be a business owner. And Paul has great great instincts. He's a fabulous doctor and has great instincts about what will work and what won't work, but he didn't really have business experience. That's my whole background. My background, um, bachelor's in uh, communications and a master's in advertising and, um, you know, all business courses is all my electives. So I had, and I was working in a corporate setting, so I had the whole business side of things. He had the, the practice side of things. So in a sense, it married well figuratively in that sense. So... While he was launching the practice, and, and if I can also sort of go back a little bit, what led to Paul making the decision, he was just, he was really unhappy. He was working for other people, and he was seeing the benefits of, um, that they were gaining off of his back and off of his efforts and not doing it to the level and the standards that he felt it should have been done. So it was that he sort of reached a tipping point of frustration, which is finally what led him to just be done and, okay, I'm going. Um, but... When he started, I was helping him, quote-unquote, in my spare time, um, helping him generate all the marketing materials and all of those things. And once the practice uh, was doing well enough, and it was quick, it was within six months, um, or within the first year or so, within the first year, he had made enough money, or was generating enough money, I should say, that what it was costing me to work with commuting and childcare and all of those things, we could make up for it with his salary. And um, so I was able to officially leave my full-time job and then support him fully um, with all my attention. But, you know, it was, it was from day one we were together in on this. Okay. So it sounds like you're not only a perfect match in marriage, but a perfect match in business with your skills. It's, it's been a nice compliment. Absolutely, I married well, as you can see. <laughs> well, that's pretty unusual that you, you know, you should match like that. I, I, you know, it's kind of usual for business partners to have that kind of good, um, you know, strengths. One person's strengths and the other person's strengths kind of go together to make it a, a whole, so to speak. Um, right. Excellent. Yep. Well, I've got a couple minutes left before break, and I want to just briefly ask you. Um, I'm going to open this up to both of you. Mm-hmm. You, you talked just a little bit about the early years, and now you're open for business. So you talked about marketing materials and a few things like that. In, in, in a couple of minutes here, can you just briefly start talking about um, how you built a beginning clientele? 
Well, I'll, I'll jump in. I think the joke was that I get them in the door and he keeps them there. And um, that's, that's really what it came down to. I would, you know, work on the advertising and the marketing standpoint, but once somebody met Paul and he worked with them, they became loyal patients. And we always said they know people. So it, it was just a very steady word-of-mouth snowball effect. I don't know, Paul, if you want to... Yeah, I mean, I could certainly add to that, too. I mean, in the beginning, I mean, let's see, back in 1998, there was still something called the Yellow Pages, right? <laughs> People oh, actually looked about for that. services in the Yellow Pages. Now, so we, we, you know, we did a lot of different, uh, we tried a lot of different things as far as, you know, um, advertising, you know, some uh, Yellow Page ads, some direct mail. Um, I did a lot of you know, networking with groups that people may have heard of, like BNI and Leeds groups. So I didn't really know what to do, quite frankly, so we just tried all sorts of things. And, you know, the busier I got, the less time I had to actually go out and do things. So as that was actually, of course, that was the goal, to be busy in your office. Um, but so I would say there was a fair amount of trial and error. Um, okay. and But at the same time, really being available for people. So, I mean, I think back then I probably worked, I mean, I worked probably six days a week, and, uh, you know, so I was available for people. And I, I use the phrase, um, you know, strike while the iron's hot, because when if somebody needed me, I needed to be available for them. So I think okay. part of it was, you know, I had to, uh, I really made myself, available to the people who, who wanted or needed to see me, even if uh, it meant working pretty crazy hours sometimes. Yeah, he didn't All tell right. people no. Okay, well, hold that point for just a minute. As we're approaching our first commercial break, keep, keep that in mind. I want to continue where we left off. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to Coaching for Real on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Imagine a relationship where you're asked to think rather than being told what to think. A relationship that is focused on your potential, not your performance. This is coaching, a designed alliance where the single purpose is achieving your intended outcome. Discover that what lies behind you and what lies before you are trivial matters compared to what lies within you. Understand that your current realities do not define your potential. They are merely your current awareness of your potential. Become your own hero. Your greatest possibilities lie beneath your current level of self-awareness, waiting to be discovered. Choose to live into the greatness that God created for you. Discover the magnitude of what's within you so you can conquer the magnitude of what surrounds you. Your coach is passionate about helping you achieve your masterpiece at RonaldGraves.com. Again, that's RonaldGraves.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. 
Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also choose to send an email to ronald at ronaldgraves.com. Now, back to Coaching for Real. Welcome back. We're talking with Paul and Marcy Etlinger, the husband and wife team that founded HealthQuest Chiropractic and Physical Therapy 18 years ago and have grown it into the most successful chiropractic practices in the U.S. Now, when we took our break, we were kind of talking about building that early clientele. And uh, anything else you want to add to that um, as we're back now? I think one of uh, what we were talking about is just always being available. And uh, it took... It took Paul about four years, I would say, to actually officially set firm office hours. I had to convince him that saying no didn't mean he would lose the patient forever. Because um, people would call up and say, I can't, I can't come in until 8 o'clock tonight. He'd be like, okay. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he literally had his cell phone with him when I was at the hospital delivering the baby. So it, um, he was very dedicated and, uh, and passionate and committed, and that came through in everything that he did. Great. Well, looking back on those early years, can you name one or two decisions that you made that you believe were pivotal to your early success? Paul, what are your thoughts? It's a good, good question. Um, I guess... Um, I would say probably, obviously, Marcy and and and, uh, and I working together, and and her leaving her her full time employment for us to start working together on the on the practice and the business. Um, I would say at at one point, maybe it wasn't quite so early on, but at the point where I hired an associate was a was a, a key uh, a key turning point as far as being able to not uh, be one hundred percent in charge of uh, the patient care. Uh, and I would say another one would be moving space, perhaps in, uh, expanding into larger space so that I could accommodate more patients and provide uh, a wider range of services uh, with what I was doing. We also, we, we sort of, um, the book, Who Moved My Cheese, we, we take that quite literally. I don't know if your listeners understand that, but the concept is is that you're always aware of what's happening in the industry and in the environment with what um, with what reimbursements are you're you're thinking about your um, you're, you're thinking about the services that you're providing but you're also thinking from a business standpoint you want to make sure that you're providing something that can be paid for so we paid attention to what happened with the health and health insurance industry and and we we were fluid we were mobile in um, adapting to what was needed, and Paul made a very strategic decision early on. Um, chiropractors in Maryland are lucky to be able to be licensed also to do physical therapy, 
and he made a very strategic decision early on that we were heavily focused on physical therapy that broadened our scope, broadened our appeal, and also broadened our revenue stream. Oh, excellent. So he had to do it all over again. Knowing what you know today, 18 years later, was there anything you might do a little bit differently in those early years? That's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe nothing. Well, well, do you have something, or otherwise I'm going to jump in? Uh, do I have something? Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to look back and, and, and say I should have done things differently, although it's uh, considering this is a, 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 uh, a program about coaching, I, I think perhaps for me personally, I think I would have sought outside um, consulting or coaching sooner. I think that I had a very strong sense of how I wanted to do things, maybe sometimes to a fault, in that uh, I might have been able to move along a little faster had I gotten perspectives from other people, uh, whether it was in my field or even perhaps outside of my field in terms of how to grow a business or how to, uh, you know, make breakthroughs and uh, have just look at things from another perspective because uh, especially as a professional in a, in a healthcare field, you're so focused on you know, what you're providing and with the skills that you need to, in order to, to do your work. But as Marcy said, there are a lot of other skills that, that you don't necessarily have and that other people do. So I think perhaps me being a little more open to outside influence. Um, but that being said, that I think you should also be careful to choose your advisors wisely, too, because I think that your, who you choose and has to, has to and who you work with should really uh, resonate with your, with your value system because if you're, I always found there were a lot of people that I didn't really feel like I resonated, so I just didn't want to really, you know, perhaps work with them. But finding that right sort of that right person or group of people or different folks that, that you really feel or share your values and share your, your goals and those sorts of things I think would have been helpful for me. And also I think a, um, a very valuable lesson that we learn the hard way is to fire faster. We, um, in the beginning, um, as you, when it's just you and you're doing everything, it's, um, it's hard to let go of some of that control. And then you bring on um, staff to help you, um, chiropractic assistants and another doctor, and now you're relying on them. And now you realize you can't do it all by yourself. And you may not be happy with them, but that that fear of uh, letting them go because you who's going to take it over and um, can can sometimes override the smart decision and I think we learned the hard way we should have uh, there were certain staff that we should have let go much sooner than we did and not have that fear of scarcity but there's a fear you know the law of abundance that you want to you want to realize that there's always good people out there and the right people are going to be there and be open to it and be willing to let go of the bad and you'll continue. Every time we have fired someone, every single time, a better person has come on board. And um, so we had to prove that to ourselves. But that was, a, that was a tough one. Excellent point. I like that. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in hire slow and fire fast, just like you said. <laughs> 
we're the right person. <laughs> well, I think also <laughs> what what another thing that sort of goes along with that is as a business grows, or whether it's a practice or some other sort uh, sort of business, uh, there the people who are part of it have to grow with it, and some people have the ability and the to grow with you and with your goals and develop skills and or take on responsibilities, and the people who really aren't able to, be, it's start to become, you know, that starts to become exposed, and you realize that those maybe aren't the right people. They may have been at one point, but uh, what you need and what where the business is going may have different needs. And sometimes the people you have, you can grow and will work with you and can meet those needs, and sometimes they can't. Exactly. Okay. Being able to recognize that. Um, we've, we've worked hard at trying to recognize that. Good. Well, now I want to move into the, the coaching part of this show. And I, before I do that, let me explain a few things. Coaching engagements are very personal and very confidential. I, in my business, I protect the information discussed during my one-on-one coaching sessions with the strictest confidence. However, since this is a public session, I will honor Paul and Marcy by using a slightly different approach <laughs> than I would in a private session. I will focus on their strengths, those things that set them and their organization apart from the competition. This approach is referred to as appreciative inquiry. If at any time Paul or Marcy feels uncomfortable answering a particular question that I may ask, they have the right to decline. One last thing. In the coaching client partnership, the client, in this case Paul and Marcy, are in control. They must give me, as their coach, permission to coach them. So, Paula Marcy, do I have your permission to begin the coaching session? You do. Yes, you do. Okay. All right. Marcy, I was fascinated during our workshop listening to you tell about your business service model. I wanted, actually, I wanted to book an appointment right there, uh, but you know, I'd have to fly to Baltimore, which isn't a bad flight. Uh, but can you describe for us, and, and Paul as well, what sets... HealthQuest, chiropractic, and physical therapy apart from your peers, and perhaps even the rest of the healthcare industry. Well, thank you for that. Um, I I really think we've approached everything we do from a sense of um, high standards and respect and customer service. And I, um, every decision we make, I'm always considering it from the eyes and, and mind of a patient. Would they like it? Would I, if I were a patient here, would I want this? Um, the, we do regular surveys. For every new patient, we give a little survey card. And virtually 95% of our feedback says that they comment on the customer service, the friendliness, the professionalism, the cleanliness, how clean the environment is. So we really, um, it's just, we consider ourselves the higher quality alternative in virtually everything that we do. From the quality of staff, if you can't smile, if my staff doesn't smile readily, they don't work here. I want friendly, happy people. I want a clean environment. I want excellent clinicians and uh, professionalism every step of the way. And it's, it's made a difference. Great. Anything you want to add, Paul? Well, I think one of the things that uh, perhaps differentiates different, differentiates our practice uh, would be that 
sometimes there are stigmas of a particular group or a particular provider group, and they may or may not be true, uh, but I've always approached my practice from a and uh, looking, you know, really trying to meet the meet a need for the for the the client and that or, or the patient, uh, looking at what they want as opposed to what what works for me. Uh, and you know, there are some some chiropractors who might recommend a long treatment plan, uh, or you know, that they come in for you know fifty visits or want everybody to comply or to to their idea of what they think that person should need rather than very, being very personalized in terms of what that person needs. It might be one visit. It might be 20 visits of, of care that they would need, but not to try to put everybody and, and make it, not make it cookie-cutter, but make it individualized. At the same time, really building a, a, a relationship uh, and treating people as, as not just a, a number or, or a, a back, but as a person who has, you know, emotional uh, connections to what's going on with their body and mind-body connection. Um, you know, obviously our focus is more on the physical aspects that they bring in, but um, looking at things from a broader perspective and, and building a relationship with that person that they look to me as someone that um, they could count on, whether it was today or something that they needed later. So that's where Marcy talked about loyalty building, which I think uh, has, has served us well. Excellent. Now you both you both mentioned something kind of in different perspectives, I guess, and that is you talked about patient perspective or meeting the patient's needs. Now there there must be kind of a balancing act there between if I'm your patient, I come in and I say, This is what I want. And you're thinking in the back of your mind that, you know, based on my background and my chiropractic medicine, that may not be the best for you. So how do you how do you talk to me when I, I want one thing and you know that's not what's best for me? That, that's an excellent point, and part of what we try to do is understand where you're coming from. One of the things on our intake forms is, how long do you think this will take? We want to know, are you coming in thinking it's going to be a one-shot wonder, one visit, and all of your ailments are cured? Or do you have a little bit more realistic? If you can barely stand up straight, it's a little more realistic than it's going to take more than one visit. And so it's coming at it from where you are right now and then helping you understand, yes, from a professional standpoint, these are realistic expectations. Paul, you, you're in the room with them. Right. That's a great question. I mean, that, uh, that's very complicated. I don't think an easy answer um, to that. But I think being honest and direct and, uh, you know, uh, really Asking people what, you know, finding out what their goals are, uh, finding out if it's realistic, and sometimes just being brutally honest and say, I don't think that's uh, realistic. Here's what we can accomplish. Here's what we can do. But this is what I would recommend. And, you know, or this is, um, this is uh, what I think is a more realistic expectation given where you are. And if that's what you're expecting, I don't want you to feel you know, disappointed if that doesn't happen. I feel like, you know, the just being direct and honest about things accomplishes some of that. And people typically want what they want, and uh, other times some people are more, will be more open, but that's, that's part of understanding how to just deal with people and understand that sometimes people will follow your instructions and other people won't, and you have to accept that. 
Yeah, that, that leads me into another question just just come up, and that is, you know, you talked about firing, you know, employees that maybe don't fit right and are not doing the job well, but does there ever come a time when you get to a point with a patient where you realize you may not be the best option for them? There may be someone else better for them based on what their needs are. Well, absolutely. I mean, that's part of, a, that's part of our professional responsibility is to, you know, from a clinical standpoint or from what's going on with them physically, I, can't, I'm, I may not be able to help them the best, in which case I have an obligation to refer them to someone who can or there's a condition that isn't within my scope of practice. Uh, so uh, we have a broad, a broad training that allows us to recognize. Uh, obviously, we're not experts in all fields, but we have enough training to be able to recognize certain things uh, uh, on a clinical level. But then in other cases, you may be talking about, you know, it just doesn't feel like that fit is right, or there's just it's not the right, uh, you don't feel like you're accomplishing your goal with them, or... Uh, whatever that you know in our case we have other providers in the office so maybe they're going to respond better with uh, one of my associates who's a female doctor um, or they might see someone else and just have a better working relationship um, that doesn't happen too often but I, I think that uh, there may be some cases where that's the case but we okay. will refer regularly to neurologists or orthopedists or even to you know to pain management it, some people, it may be surgical. Some people, it's a chronic situation and they need pharmaceutical help. I mean, it's a wide variety of things, but we try to be very open and ethical at all times with, uh, with everyone. Good. Okay, we're now approaching our last commercial break. And so stay tuned. You're listening to Coaching for Real on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Imagine a relationship where you're asked to think rather than being told what to think. A relationship that is focused on your potential, not your performance. This is coaching, a designed alliance where the single purpose is achieving your intended outcome. Discover that what lies behind you and what lies before you are trivial matters compared to what lies within you. Understand that your current realities do not define your potential. They are merely your current awareness of your potential. Become your own hero. Your greatest possibilities lie beneath your current level of self-awareness, waiting to be discovered. Choose to live into the greatness that God created for you. Discover the magnitude of what's within you so you can conquer the magnitude of what surrounds you. Your coach is passionate about helping you achieve your masterpiece at RonaldGraves.com. Again, that's RonaldGraves.com. If you are in the sales field or maybe don't even know that you are, you need a plan to be successful. Every day we are engaged in business and don't even realize that it all comes down to sales. We all have something to say and need to motivate others to the same way of thinking. Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO, is the show that gets you thinking and speaking whatever the product or service. Host Phil Bush will give you the tips you need to succeed. Listen every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
is Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also choose to send an email to ronald at ronaldgraves.com. Now, back to Coaching for Real. Hello. Back with Paul and Marcy Etlinger. And we have a few minutes left in our coaching session. So I'm going to get on to my next question. And Marcy, you talked about the real positive scores that you have on your, uh, your surveys. And then, first of all, tell me, when do these people take the survey? When they're in the office or do you send it to them later? We, uh, we do both. When new patients come in, part of their welcome, we actually give patients a gift. We give them a gift bag and acknowledge and show our appreciation for saying we know they have a choice and we're thankful that they chose us. And they'll get a HealthQuest coffee mug and a pretty gift bag with tissue paper and stuff. Um, And inside of there is a survey card that's pre-stamped. So they can fill that out at any point and mail it back in. We also do follow-up at discharge. We'll send them uh, an email or a text with a link to survey sites. So we can sort of get feedback any time in there. Some people will fill it out while they're sitting in the waiting room, and others will, we may get it weeks later. Okay. Now you talked about how positive all those surveys are. Is there, is there anything that these surveys have revealed to you over the last few years, say, where you've made a change in your operation or, or something somebody has told you has made you realize, oh, we can even get better? Honestly, uh, what surprised us was the differentiator. As I said before, 95% of these focus on customer service. Doesn't mean that I would say that 99.9% of our surveys are all positive, but that is, I think people are so used to not getting treated well. You go into most medical offices and you get grunted at and fill this out and there's no smile. There's no, there's no connection there. So people, I think, are really surprised when they're in our office that it's always on. Um, but we have gotten feedback it may have been about certain staff person that there somebody may have been rude to them or whatever, and we have fired people over survey cards that have come in when it was an over the line kind of a thing, or we sort of had that question in the back of my mind: Is this the right person? Is this the right person? Is this the right person? And then we get a survey card where somebody really finally said something. We're like, all right, if they said it, how many people aren't saying it? And that was the tipping point for us to know we had to let that person go. Okay. Now, when I talked to you um, in our class two months ago, you you were talking about some initiatives you were undertaking, possibly some expansions. So can you can you um, talk to us about areas where you are you're moving forward right now with your practice, your business? Sure, Paul. Do you want to take that? Sure, I can do that. Uh, we. Um, we are actually in the process and getting very close to uh, signing um, a lease for a satellite office that will be about six or seven miles from our current location. And we will be taking on a space that's smaller than the one that we have here, but um, large enough that we can uh, have a very similar kind of uh, feel and uh, level of service that we have here. And in, t- in anticipation of that, we've hired... Um, another uh, doctor and some additional support staff uh, that we are training in our current location so that uh, when that 
space is available and ready, uh, which we expect around the beginning of February, that we'll be able to uh, hit the ground running. And we're also, uh, one of our doctors is also trained now as a specialty as a chiropractor in chiropractic neurology. He's a functional neurologist. So another thing that we're doing, part of what we do um, here to help our staff grow is if somebody has a passion about something, if it makes business sense, we support it and we help them grow it and, and develop it. And he's very passionate about the functional neurology. And so at the same time as while we're uh, getting the, the new location going and, and getting uh, that team ready to go to a transition over there, we're also helping um, our other doctor build and grow the functional neurology side of the practice. So it's, um, it's, it's exciting. So it's new equipment. It's a different kind of a target um, getting into people who have more. We can treat people with vertigo and concussion and um, Parkinson's, things like that. So um, it's, it's an exciting branch off of what we're doing, that will, but it still supports our, our overall mission. That sounds fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah, it's really. Um, he's the only one, and he's the only one in the entire Baltimore metro area. The next closest person is forty miles away, so it's a quite an uh, opportunity. That is, that is, great opportunity to take advantage of uh, something that's unique. Mm-hmm. Um, eighteen years, you've been one office, eighteen years, and now you're going to go to two offices, at least two. So mm-hmm. tell me why now and what, what kind of what went into the decision to, to just actually, you know, step out, kind of like back in the beginning when you decided to start your own practice. Now you're deciding to start a second location. Can you talk me talk us through a little bit of the decision process for that? Well, I think that part of that decision really was kind of removing, uh, you know, removing some uh, – self-imposed obstacles in terms of a thought process of what it was that I, we could create for our, our business and our vision. And uh, about a year ago, we, I decided that I was going to hire some outside consulting and um, decided I didn't want somebody who was a chiropractor or someone in my field. I wanted a completely different perspective. And so I did some looking around and I found um, we we hired a um, a business coach who doesn't just uh, who doesn't just consult with chiropractors, but he consults with all different kinds of uh, you know businesses. And uh, so from there, we we started having quarterly meetings and monthly meetings, and really digging in and really you know kind of getting into the uh, digging into what we really wanted to do. What did we really want to create? What was our long term vision? Uh, and by doing that, we started to uncover things that probably weren't so close to the surface, but more, more, you know, deeper down. But we had to go through a process of, of really revealing what what our what we felt we could do and what we wanted to do. And I think that sometimes, as a small business owner, we get so caught up in the day-to-day operation or what we have to do or all these things that we have that we don't really. Uh, we don't take the time and we don't create that space for really looking at why we're doing or what are our long, long-term long goals because we're so busy putting out fires on a day-to-day basis. So by going through that exercise, I think we realized that it was something that we could do and we were capable of, capable of doing. 
and that we also got that external um, sort of reinforcement that, hey, you guys can do this. Whereas if we just asked ourselves, and certainly I think for me personally, I would have said, I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. But someone else from the outside, um, a coach who understands business and understands how things grow and what we're doing well and how to advise us, opened up that, uh, that, that opportunity in terms of our mindset of doing it. Great. Now, back when you decided to start hiring people in your business, and as, as you said, Marcy, kind of giving control to others or you know, letting go of some of that that you've got now, now when you open a second location, you're going to kind of be releasing control all over again. Because, you know, it's going to be down the road, not, you know, not the place you go to work every day. So, you know, how we, talk about dealing with that all over again, so to speak. Well, one of the things we're doing, um, what I wanted to add also to what Paul said, having, having a, an objective opinion um, to give you that reassurance and that confidence that you, yes, you can. Um, part of it also, we really feel like, as we've continued to refine the team that we've built, we're really excited about the team that we have, and we really feel like we have really created a culture that people are empowered and loyal and just as passionate about what we're doing. Um, we've created profit sharing. Everybody's got a vested interest in the success of the practice. So that's given us more confidence as well, that we can look around and the people that are there that we're relying on, we feel good about. Um, and also in anticipation of this new office. Instead of just opening the doors and having a new person come in and the first place they go to work is the new, new office, they're coming here and we've made the decision strategically. Any new staff person is going to work in this main office and become part of the team and become part of the culture, drink the Kool-Aid, so to speak, and make sure that they feel a part of what's going on so that then any person who's at any location we have, we're all one. Excellent. So you're, you're kind of, like I say, you're, you're immersing them in your culture. Correct. So that they can, so we're they can take that culture with them. earlier than we needed to, really. But we wanted to make sure that they really had a feel for what HealthQuest was before they, it's not just about doing the job, it's how they do the job. So how long have they been in, in this office now? How long have they been... Uh, in the training program? Well, the doctor we just hired, um, he's been with us for just three weeks, but he'll have been mm -hmm. with us for a total of about three or four months by the time the new office, we're waiting for, okay. you know, sign the lease and do build out. And we have uh, hired an additional support person, uh, chiropractic assistant the month before that. So okay. we're a little, little overstaffed for about three or four months leading into it, but it'll be well worth it in the long run. Okay. Uh, could tell me a little bit about the feedback. Are they been, they, uh, they getting the culture? Are they living it? Absolutely. Excellent. Well, one of the Excellent. things that we've found um, is when people come in and have worked in other places, they, they really have an ability to, in their own mind, make a comparison to where they were and where they are now. And you can see, um, you know, you can really see their you know, how they respond and what their impression is of their new work environment. And if, if, uh, if what we're doing is working well, 
it should, that person should really feel empowered and should really feel excited about being here because it, there should be a very big contrast between where they've been before. And that's what we continue to see. Uh, and so if, if that starts to happen and we see that, we, we feel confident that that's the right person to, to join our team. Yeah, we sort of have a motto I tell every single person when I interview them. Our motto is happy staff equals happy practice. So we're not just looking at what's going to make a good business decision. We look at what's going to work for the staff, too. And by supporting them, we're, as an end result, that happiness resonates and the patients pick up on it. They feel it. And that's where we get those positive reviews because they're like, everyone looks like they genuinely enjoy working here. I mean, we hear that all the time. Great. Well, believe it or not, we've come to the end of our coaching session, which lasted about 25 minutes, including the commercial break. Had this been a private coaching session, it would have lasted probably anywhere from 45 to 90 minutes, depending on the client, and would have proceeded from beginning to end uninterrupted. Uh, but Paul and Marcy, it's been a sincere pleasure having you as our guests on Coaching for Real today. Um, how can our listeners contact you for either to come into to your practice or if they just have questions about, you know, their particular business? They can give us a call. Can I give the phone number? Or Yes, you must. Please um, give the phone, phone number. The number is 410-356-9939. We're also on the Internet. If you go to hqchiro.com, that's H is in health, Q is in quest, C-H-I-R-O, like chiropractor.com. Excellent. Thank you very much for being on our show today. Thank you very much, Ronald. Thank you for having us. All right. This show, Coaching for Real, is about you. Real people, real challenges, real breakthrough. If you're an entrepreneur or a business leader and would like to be a guest on this show, simply email me at ronald at ronaldgraves.com and tell me you would like to be a guest, and I'll send you an application. If you've been thinking about engaging in the services of a business coach, let me know. If you're interested in possibly becoming a coach, let me know. Send me your comments, questions, and anything else that may be on your mind. I even welcome your criticism and your suggestions. Again, this show is about you, and I want to hear from you, the positive and the constructive. Once again, that email address is Ronald, Gray, Ronald at ronaldgraves.com. It has been my sincere pleasure to add value to you through Coaching for Real. May the Lord bless you and keep you until we meet again. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Coaching for Real today. Be sure to join Ronald Graves again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk again very soon.